Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job explains how to tell the difference between a spiritual fake and the real thing. And a lot of people will be led astray by false doctrines and false teachings. And just because they name the name Jesus doesn't mean they're the real thing. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Well, if you had a counterfeit $20 bill in your wallet, would you know it? I don't think most of us would. And similarly, the Bible tells us that in the last days, there will be those who will talk like they're representing God, but they're really just counterfeits. So Mark, here's the question. How can we discern what's true and what's not? Wayne, that's a great question. And the Bible does warn us that there will be false prophets that will come in sheep's clothing. In other words, they will look benign, they will look good, but really they're ferocious wolves on the inside. And we've seen so many people led astray by heretical teaching, by false doctrine, by uh, people that have 60% of the truth but mix it with a lot of inaccuracy, oftentimes for their own gain. And so what Jesus is really telling us, the bottom line is this, Wayne— You can tell them by their fruit. Hmm. And this is not just the size of a ministry, but it's the fruit of their character, the integrity of their lives, how they resemble Jesus in the way that they live. Well, we're going to learn more about that now. We have a lot of ground to cover today, so let's dive into this message from Mark Job called The Real Thing. How many of you know that every place where there's a real thing, there's going to be a fake thing? Anytime there's something of value, there's going to be imitations. Uh, Have you ever been into a store and handed them a $20 bill or something higher than that, and the clerk attendant takes it, looks in the light to make sure it's the real thing? I've actually been in stores where they take the money and they will put that $20 bill through a machine. Happened to anybody else? Maybe I just look suspicious and they do it to me. But I've had that happen to me several times where they run it through machines because they want to make sure that it's the real thing. Uh, Periodically, I've gone out to buy a little jewelry for my wife, some earrings or something. And, of course, I'm not really good at knowing the real thing from the fake thing when it comes to jewelry. But I'm always asking, so what is this? Is this like silver-coated? Is this real silver? Is this Because there's always the imitation and the real thing. When it comes to Christianity, it's the same thing. Everywhere where God is working in a real way, there will always be imitation of the real thing. And so Jesus is saying, hey, wake up. I want you to tell the difference between the real and the false, the imitation and the authentic. I want you to know how to tell the difference. And so I've entitled this message, The Real Thing. I'm going to read in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. It says... Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to take out your pen. I want you to write this down. It's really important. The real thing, listen, is not usually the popular way but the minority way. 
Jesus is shocking the public. Remember, he's talking to his disciples, but out around the outer perimeter, there's hundreds of other people that are listening to the teachings of Jesus. And Jesus is shocking everybody because, like today, people back then believed that if you were religious and if you had some faith in God and tried to be a good person, that pretty much you're going to heaven, going to meet God, everything was okay. In fact, I believe that most people today believe the same thing. If I were to go out into the streets of Chicago, downtown on Michigan Avenue and grab a microphone and shove it in people's faces and say, hey, do you think you're going to heaven? I think most people would give me this answer. Well, I'm a good person. Try it. I have faith. I'm a sincere person. I think I'm going to make it. And I think I would get most of the people that would answer me that way because by and large, here's what we believe. If you're good, sincere, have a little faith, don't try to hurt people, and you're not a serial killer, mass murderer, or some Nazi with a swastika tattooed on your arm, then pretty much you're going to make it. That's what people believe, right? Jesus is shocking everybody by saying, wrong. In fact, the truth is that Jesus says that the way, listen, the way is narrowed, the gate that leads to life, Eternal life, presence of God, is very small. And he says, wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And, listen, there are many people who enter that gate. It's a crowded road. The way that, that's broad, there's a lot of religious people on it, a lot of partiers on it, a lot of agnostics on it, a lot of people that... There, there are actually some people on that broad road that have Bibles and have crosses around their neck. There's a lot of people on that broad road, but if you look far enough down the road, it leads to a precipice of destruction. And listen, Jesus says, but the way that leads to life, you can read it on your own, look it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. Listen, only a few find it. What? What are you saying, Jesus? Well, Jesus is saying that it's not the majority that are on the road that leads to life. He says it's a minority of people that are actually authentic followers of Jesus. Only few find it. So he teaches the exact opposite of what popular belief is that says most of us are on our way to heaven. Jesus said, wrong, there's a minority of people, it's a small segment of the population that are actually going to make it to God because the great majority are not on the right road. You say, well, that's, isn't that wrong? I mean, why would God hide the road from people? Well, here's the thing. The road isn't hard to get to because it's hard to find. It's not that it's hard to discover the road. The problem with the road is that to enter it, it's costly. And most people don't want to pay the price of entering through the narrow gate. You see, well, what do you mean by costly? Well, let me read another passage to you that I think explains a little bit this uh, concept. In Luke chapter 13, verse 24, it says... Jesus is speaking also, it's a parallel passage, and he says, Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter 
and will not be able to. Now, if you look this word strive up in the Greek, it's agonizome, which is the same word that we get the English word agonize from. So it's translated this way, agonize to enter the straight gate. In other words, it's tough to enter that small gate. Agonize means it's difficult, it's tough, it takes some agony to get through it. Now, now what's so hard about entering the narrow gate? Well, here's the point. The point is God's not up there trying to hide the gate from people. The point is when we find the gate, many people are unable to go through the gate because in order to get to the gate that leads to life, we have to change. There's a death to self in order to follow Jesus Christ. In fact, here's the way it works. If you're going to follow Jesus, the moment that you enter through that gate, basically you have to say, I'm dying to myself. I no longer rule in my life. I'm no longer the Lord of my life. I give the reins and control of all of my life over to God. It's not me who's living. It's God who's living in me. I die to myself, and now I choose to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And whatever he says, I will follow. And whatever he teaches, I will do. That is the narrow gate. In fact, Paul said it this way. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, it's Christ that lives in me, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul was saying, in order to follow God, you have to die to yourself. Most of us don't want to die to self, we just want to add God to our lives. Um, it's not popular to die to self. Most of us want to say, hey God, you see this road I'm on? You want to join me? Because, hey, I'd love to have a guy like you with a lot of connections and pool on my side. So I, I'm just going to go down my road. Join me, God. So if I need a job promotion, oh, Lord, help me in this job promotion. Boom. If I'm having trouble with my marriage, oh, God, change my wife. And boom, you know, things are going better. So I want God to join my journey. And God says, no. If you're going to follow me, I don't join your journey. Your life stops, and now you follow my way. I'm not joining your journey. You are following my way. It's the narrow way. It's, it's a way that you can't veer too far to the left or too far to the right. It's a way that requires that you yield to God and the power of God. You say, well, how do you, join, how do you find that way? Do you do, join a church? It has nothing to do with joining a church. When you sign up for a religion, it has nothing to do with religion. It has everything to do with the relationship to God through Jesus Christ. And a personally, personally yielding yourself to the power of God. But he says, hey, there's few people that find it. Jot this verse down. Proverbs 13, verse 24. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. Uh, some people think they're going down the right road, but in reality, the bridge is out, and they're going to collapse. And some people have their music blasting, are having fun, saying, hey, I'm on the right way, but they're really going in the wrong direction.
You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job, and there's much more coming up on today's program. But let me remind you, if you've missed any portion of this message so far, you can always find the complete program online and learn more about this ministry or our Bible teacher, Mark Job, by visiting us at boldstepsradio.org. And while you're online, be sure to reach out and let us know you're listening, your comments, your messages, even some handwritten letters mean so much to our team. And Mark, we love it when listeners get in touch with us. Let's listen to this comment that comes to us as a voice message, comes all the way from Malawi, Africa. Enjoy. I was called by God, um, called to be a born-again Christian. It means I have to change my life. Everything about me has to change. And it's not easy because there are some things that, that were inbuilt in you that cannot easily go. So you need the Word of God to come to you now and again. As Bot Steps put it, puts it every, every, every weekday when I listen, I'm never the same. <laughs> Hey, Joy, I love your name, first of all, and I love your word of encouragement. And so we love to hear from our listeners. If you have a testimony like Joy, you can go online at boldstepsradio.org, or you can call us. We've just set up a line, so if you feel more comfortable, you can dial 312-329-2011. That's 312-329-2011. 2011 and leave us a voicemail and uh, you may actually hear some of your testimonies and recordings or questions on on the air who knows who knows so <laughs> we would love to hear from you thank right. you we listen to all of them and sometimes you make it on the air with us so we'd love to hear from you okay let's get back into the message now mark has titled it the real thing so I want you to understand that the way is narrow that leads to life. You say, well, what is the gate? How, what is the gate? Well, in John chapter 10, verses 7 through 10, Jesus says, I am the gate. You can't enter into that gate unless you go through Jesus. And there's no way that you can enter into that narrow way without repenting, humbling yourself, giving up a part of yourself, dying to yourself in order that Christ can come and live in you. That's why if you've never repented, humbled yourself, broken before God, said my life is not my own anymore, I need Jesus to live in me, then chances are you're really not on the narrow way. Ouch. Scary. Uh, Second thing I want you to understand about this passage. Jesus goes on to say in verse 15, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. The second thing I want you to understand that Jesus emphasizes is this. The real thing, listen, is recognized by the character and the lasting impact of its followers. Jesus, after telling them that that few people are on the road that leads to life, and we don't know if it's one out of ten, two out of ten, I don't know, but I know that it's the minority. But he also goes on to tell us and warn us about false prophets. What's a false prophet? 
A prophet is someone who speaks for God, and a false prophet is someone who looks like he's from God, but it's not really from God. And Jesus goes on to warn them that there are people out there that look like they're the real thing, uh, people out there that speak on behalf of God, people out there actually that may hold a Bible and open it up and say, turn to this verse, but that are not really from God. He calls it a wolf in sheep's clothing. In other words, it's really a wolf, but over it, it looks like a sheep on the outside. It's got the, uh, the wool of a sheep draped over what's really a ravenous wolf looking to devour people. You say, well, Pastor Mark, how do I know the truth from the false? Well, Jesus explains that the way you're going to know it is not because someone has a great smile, not because they're, they, they're, they're polished, or not because they have a nice, black, shiny Bible. That's not the way you know them. The Bible says the way that you're going to know them is by the fruit in their life. You say fruit? Yeah, fruit. Well, what do you mean by fruit? Well, he says, hey, uh, by their fruit, you will recognize them. He says, you can't go to a thorn bush and expect grapes on it, or go to a grapevine and expect thorns on it. Whatever the tree is, that's the fruit they're going to produce. So how do you know if someone's true or false? How do you know if someone is really authentically teaching, if they're leading people astray, or if they're, they're the real thing? Well, Galatians chapter, if you, if you turn in your Bibles or just maybe not uh, write it down, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, talk about what's called the fruit of the Spirit. You see, just because someone can talk religious doesn't mean they're from God. Hello? Uh, just because someone can quote verses doesn't even mean that they're from God. You need to be smart as a people and discerning as a people, and you need to know if someone is authentic or not. And I think there's three things you need to look at. I think that you will look at the fruit of their manner of living, in other words, their character. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Listen. If you have someone that can quote Bible verses and is teaching and leading people, but they don't love, they don't have patience, they don't have self-control, they don't have joy in their life, then chances are, it doesn't matter how much they can quote, how much they can talk about the Bible, but if their character doesn't match their talk, listen, there's a problem. Their character of authentic believers... True believers, especially when it comes to teachers, you need to ask, what's their character like? That's why I love the church. Because I think in the church, you have to rub shoulders with people, you have to relate to people, you live in community, so sooner or later, your real character is going to show up, right? You can only hide your character so long, but after a while, what you really are made of is going to show up. People are going to see it. And... I think that the church is a real, uh, it, it, it brings out our character, it shows our authenticity. And so the Bible says this, 
everyone that you listen to as a teacher, everyone that you expose yourself as a teacher, you need to ask yourself this question. What is their life like? What is their life like? What is the fruit? The second, three things I think you need to watch in fruit. One, their manner of living. How are they living? Someone gets up there and is talking about the Bible and telling people about Christ and, and about loving one another, yet he's beating his wife and cussing at his kids. Hey, there's a problem there. If someone's talking about being a follower of Jesus, yet there's a lack of integrity of their life and there's bitterness and jealousy and all the fruits of unrighteousness in their life, there's a problem there. We need to know our teachers. We need to look behind at the character of those people that are teaching us and ask ourselves, hey, is this person real or is this just a nice talk? Does the talk match the walk? I want you to be smart. I want to raise a congregation of people that are discerning, that are smart, that you don't just get sucked in by some fast talker that has some Bible in his hand that you're watching on television or some other place. I want you to discern. I want you to be able to distinguish between the true and the false. I want you to understand the character of a person. The second thing that you look at is the content of their teaching. You need to ask yourself this, is what I'm being taught in the Bible? You need to always ask yourself that question. Is what I'm being taught in the Word of God? That's why I encourage you, bring a Bible to church. You say, oh, but that's all right, Pastor Mark. I trust you. No, 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 no. I don't want you to say that. Wrong answer. I'm glad you trust me. But guess what? I want you to discern every time the Word of God is being taught. I want you to look it up in the Word and say, is it in the Word? Because not everybody who opens up a Bible is really teaching the authentic Word of God. Discerning between the authentic and the fake. This is Bold Steps, and you're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job. Today's message is called The Real Thing from our series called Revolutionary. As you heard Mark speak today, maybe someone who needs to know this truth came to mind. If you'd like to share Mark's bold and authentic teaching with others in your sphere of influence, feel free to direct them to our website at boldstepsradio.org. Well, Mark, we are honored to have a very special guest join us in the studio here today. And I have to say, I'm a big fan of him and his wife. I am too. You know, some people you meet... You've read their books, and you're a little bit disappointed after you meet them. (laughs) It was the absolute opposite when I met uh, Dr. Gary Chapman and his wife. I walked away the first time I met him thinking, that is the most genuine pastoral couple that I have met. And so I walked away thinking, this is the real thing. And so thank you for uh, just being real and um, just impacting so many people. This is a special time that we're celebrating here. Many of you, many of our listeners have read the five love languages, but uh, we're celebrating a pretty big milestone these days. Can you tell us what it is, Dr. Chapman? It's the 30th anniversary of the release of the five love languages. (laughs) The original book, huh? (laughs) Which is now sold, they tell me, over 20 million copies. Wow. Which absolutely blows my mind, you know, what God has done with that book. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, and growing out of that book, of course, there's a lot of children. That's what I call them, children of that book. Yeah. Like, you know, how does this love language work with blended families and, you know, special needs kids and all those. But also, people kept asking me, 
what's God's love language? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I read through the whole Bible. God speaks all five fluently. <laughs> so I wrote a book called God Speaks Your Love Language. <laughs> I love that. And, and tell me the heart of the book. Basically, what I'm doing is just looking at conversion experiences in the Bible and in church history and contemporary and seeing a parallel between people's love language and the way God spoke to them. Mm. Like Saul on the road to Damascus, I think his language was physical touch because yeah. <laughs> that's what God did for him, <laughs> got his that. attention. So, yeah, that's, um, so I'm looking at that. And also, once we become believers, we tend to express our love to God in our love language. Mm. So if words is our language, then we're giving God words of praise and thanksgiving and so forth. That's why people are different in their ways they express love to God. Yeah, well, thank you, Gary and Mark. It's such an honor to offer this book to our listeners, God Speaks Your Love Language. And we've reserved a copy just for you, and we'll send it to you when you give a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps. Call us today at 1-800-D-L-Moody. That's 1-800-356-6639. Ask for the book, God Speaks Your Love Language, or go online to boldstepsradio.org. You can also send your gift and request this book in the mail. Simply write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And then don't forget, you can hear Mark's bold and passionate teaching anywhere you go by simply subscribing to the Bold Steps podcast. Just pull out your phone or favorite smart device, open up your podcast app, and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Joe. And be sure to leave a comment on our page maybe even a five-star review to help us reach even more listeners with these Bible messages. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to come back tomorrow when we'll conclude our series called Revolutionary. Mark will be sharing more about what it means to be an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. So be listening Wednesday to Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.